because otherwise you you might just look back in years to come you know and that's why i'm so glad that when the opportunity to do something different after that employed life came along i'm so glad that i didn't just rush back yeah. something told me to try something else and now here we are you know doing voiceover running a networking group yeah meeting doing podcasts with lots of amazing people um and yeah i i just don't want um him to regret not not doing stuff even if it means him living out of a van you know being a more successful musician than i was yeah um i will fully endorse that even if he's sponging off of mum and dad for a while yeah. because i want him to experience things that other people might not have the chance to Hello and welcome to Tom Meets Interesting People. This is the podcast where I meet everybody from voice actors to nuclear engineers to talk about their projects and their processes. And before I introduce my guest today, this is a very, very special episode because like Scylla Black quitting Blind Date, this is the last episode of the series. However, I will be coming back, unlike Scylla Black. Next week is my graduation, so I'm no longer an undergrad that's poor and starving. I am now just somebody that's poor and starving. But <laughs> we've got a very, very special episode lined up for you today. And I think it's something that you'll enjoy. And it's almost poetic that the first episode of this season kicked off with a voice actor, Ashley Casey Tyrell, who's also uh, my younger sibling. And this season is going to end with a voice actor. Martin Wiskin started his career a little bit more corporate and a little bit less creative than voiceover. He worked as a data manager for 20 years while trying to be, in his words, a rock star. And I think we all just kind of want to be a rock star. And sadly, he was made redundant. So he started looking at the different skills that he built up over the years in photography and design and videos to see if any of them could be monetized. And I've been there too. They couldn't. What was good enough for punk bands wasn't good enough to sell to businesses. But in a roundabout way, this led him over to voice acting. Uh, something that he never had any plans to do, but something that he absolutely loves. And you can hear his voices on different campaigns for Lego, the RAF, Mercedes, NHS and BMW. And I suspect the moment he says hello, you're going to be like, I know that voice. Martin, the warmest, warmest welcome to the show. How are we doing? Hello. Thank you. Yeah, very good. Thank you. I was going to put on a voice then so nobody would recognize who I was. And uh, and they might not. But if they do, that's lovely as well. Thank you. Yeah, I reckon they would. I reckon they would. So I mentioned there in your intro that before you became a voice actor, you um actually i've got to ask first before before I go any further what do you prefer is it voice actor voiceover artist i i think it's really a lot of people use it interchangeably mm -hmm. i i i just say uh on, well actually on my business card it says martin whiskin voiceover and i mm -hmm. sort of use it as that's a service i provide yeah um i i've always used voiceover artist but a lot of people will say no it's actor because you're acting mm-hmm no matter what it is you're doing, you're acting. So um, just w whatever makes you feel happy. Fair dues, fair dues. <laughs> um, so before you became a voiceover artist, as I mentioned in your intro, you had a very, very different job as a data manager. And I kind of hinted at it there, but how did you make that jump? Um, yes, yeah, so I was made redundant in 2018, but it was on the cards for a couple of years. And the reason was because GDPR was rearing its uh, rumoured head mm -hmm. um, and our bosses in our industry said don't worry about it if that comes in too many people will lose their jobs so it's not going to happen don't panic and then for two years we were saying should we put some plans in place just in case it does come in and our bosses said no don't worry it won't and then of course it did come in and we did lose our jobs as predicted um, so I was left with uh, a bit of money and uh, a milestone birthday coming up um, yeah, I was gonna. I was about to turn forty. I wasn't gonna mention it then, but yeah, I was about to turn forty. I'm not I'm not embarrassed about that. You don't look um, it either. You don't look. Thank, it. You barely thank look you. over twenty-five. Oh, I thought going to say you, you barely look over fifty. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, 
yeah so I, I had sort of a bit of time because i'd been there for a while so i had a, a little pot of money to to you know consider my options and mm. thought I, I could run straight back to an office and have that as a buffer but where's the fun in that um so i i, I got to the point after a couple of months thinking right what what can i do that's not database management mm-hmm. um and i was thinking back to my time in bands like you said and i'd picked up skills in photography a bit of video work um i'd done web design and and posters and logos and that sort of stuff and exactly as you said i i soon realized that there were many better people out there already doing all of that stuff um and I, I thought it's going to be too difficult to to sell my skills on that level without extensive training. Mm-hmm. So I I must have been looking for well I, I I'm sorry go back a bit I I saw my recording gear that I had left over from my time in bands and I must have been looking online for for new microphones new speakers and that sort of thing thinking oh maybe I could record some singers or some acoustic acts in my house that sort of thing so I was going to buy lots of gear getting quickly very far too far ahead of myself um and then as facebook does it you know it tracks you wherever you go so i was on facebook one day and was getting adverts for microphones speakers and all this sort of stuff that i'd been looking at but one of the adverts that's well the only advert actually that stood out was um record your own voiceovers from home and i thought well i've got the gear i i can speak i just need to be taught how to speak mm-hmm. um and yeah, and I, and I went from there. It was a mentoring and training course with some top industry professionals. The guy who um, used to do the X Factor and Britain's Got Talent voiceovers was was the boss there. So I met him a couple of times and did some training with him. And I thought, if it doesn't work, I'll go back to an office. If it works, uh, happy days. And then, yeah, fortunately, it ended up working after Yay. a lot of hard work. I've got to ask now, the guy who does the um, the voiceover, the Britain's Got Talent artist, does he talk like that all the time? Like, does he project, like, he's at the checkout, and, and he's just like, he's at the self-service, he's like, I would like some assistance! He has such a distinctive voice, doesn't he? <laughs> um, well, unfortunately not, no. That, that, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> he totally should do that, he totally should just make that a bunch of viral videos. And something that I have noticed with all the creatives that I've interviewed in this podcast and that I've met prior to doing this podcast as well, is that a lot of people have gone into their creative field because of being made redundant or because they didn't have that choice almost. Mm. Yeah, I I think you're right. And I've I've been through the same thing the past year or so. I've been talking to a lot of creatives since starting a networking group that I run. I think we we might talk a bit about Mm -hmm. later on, but a lot of people have said yeah it was that was what gave me the push to to try it um because i guess they have a little bit more time if they lose their job to try something um and it's also that thing about risk i guess isn't it when you're in a full-time job and you're getting that check every month mm-hmm. that you know why why would you just quit and try doing something that you've never done before um but yeah i'd, al- I'd always had a creativity running through me but never really thought about it never really considered that you know you could do something and get paid for it being creative mm. but you're right i think there's a lot of people stuck in stuck in jobs and dreaming of a better way um and i think the message there is there is a better way yeah. take that take the leap yeah yeah definitely um that's how this podcast got started that's how my business that i run so because of covid uh, i remember i had a similar kind of thing all my work dried up the week COVID hit in in that March 2020 and I was like I had to do something so I totally relate I totally get it um and from what I read sort of like about you on your on your website um and from what you've sent me over as well and from our emails you've definitely picked up a lot of skills along the way that are now serving you really well in voice acting so can you sort of expand on them like what skills do you currently use it yeah, and it's something I, I didn't even realise it had happened until I was speaking to a client last year, I think. And I was like, you know, all those all those years I spent in, in bands, nearly 20 years, trying to make it as a rock star, and ultimately it was all for nothing. Mm-hmm. And he said, but, but was it though? And we sort of thought about it a lot deeper. And obviously voiceover is running a business. And when, when you're in a band, a lot of people realise quickly that that soon becomes like running a business because you have to talk to bookers promoters agents trying to get these shows trying to get paid for these shows you have to try and get people to these shows you know to listen to your stuff 
self-promotion so there's there's that huge side of marketing and and meeting people that you do in a band that has paid off now because i'm you know more confident in talking to businesses and and people that i've never met before Mm -hmm. um and another one would be the the huge undertaking of admin um there's a lot of admin on when you when you're trying to do music um and there's a lot of admin in in business as well um in in terms of actual voiceover skills that's a tough one i because i'd never done it before never considered it the the closest thing would be singing or screaming into a microphone on stage or doing a bit on radio but i'd never you know never learned how to interpret a script or anything like that um but i have always enjoyed just writing you know writing lyrics and words and things like that so there there is there are there are links to it and mm. um, but most of the the skills that i built up over the years were more on the business side uh, of being a uh, self-employed yeah that is and they, they've served you well because you could hit almost mm. hit the ground running and focus on learning the craft of voiceover and voice acting mm. um as opposed to also learning the admin stuff at the same time yeah yeah you're right there's there was a lot of things that i actually carried over from my last employed job um in terms of keeping records of all my all the work that i do i've got an excel sheet that i built at this old company that i've adapted it now for me obviously Mm -hmm. but where it you know i have input all my my jobs on there and how much they are and it generates invoices and so that's you know that's my data sort of uh, geeky side coming out in my business where i can (laughs) have all these automated systems in the background leaving me to concentrate more on the you know the voicing side mm-hmm. um yeah so now you've got the admin stuff all sorted and um i i totally relate to just having so much admin to do um <laughs> like it's like i don't want to do this admin i want to do the fun stuff um yes. you've now let's let's say for example you've got a jo- you've just been given a just been given a role a job what, what do you refer to them as do you refer to them as jobs or Oh, there's lots of different ways. Um, I I had a, I, I think job. I would normally say I got a job, or yeah. I got a, a, a. Some people call it a gig. Got a gig coming. Got a script come in, or mm. yeah, got a role. Landed a role. Won an mm. audition. You know, lots of different. Yeah, fair dues. Um, let's say a new job comes in, a new script comes in. What's your steps when you first sort of receive that to sort of like record and prepare prepare that recording? Okay, so the first thing I would do would be to see what the the directions are from from the client, or from you know whoever I'm not always dealing with the end client. It could be just you know the audio producer. Mm-hmm. Um, so see what their directions are, see how they want it um, when it's said, and if they haven't given any directions, because quite often they don't, uh, I might go back to them and find out. But quite often I will look at the script, work out you know what it what it's all about who's it who's it for what are they trying to say um so the the first real bulk of it is i I guess analyzing the script Mm -hmm. working out how it should be spoken because you know you can't use one voice for all it's not a yeah it's not a straight out of the box thing 99 times out of 100 you have to yeah tailor your your voice your tone your emotion your inflections pace how close to the microphone all that sort of thing mm-hmm. um to so that the message is delivered in the right way to to the audience so yeah the first the first step is like analyzing the script who it's for who am i in that script because I, I should never be playing me i'm always re- representing the company that that it's for or playing a part of someone in a in a you know a drama or something something like that um and then after that uh my recording gear is always always set up and ready so i will just warm up 10 or 15 minutes and then and then jump into the the vocal booth and get recording um from there then a bit of editing mm-hmm. if it's needed and then off it goes yeah i think also you mentioned sort of i think mic technique there as well mm. and that's something that i've been learning sort of from this podcast not on the bit i'm i'm a novice and maybe the first episodes were recorded with this headset that i'm wearing as opposed to the mic that i'm talking into mm-hmm. but that definitely sort of i'm still experimenting kind of with that so what would you advise for maybe let's say a podcaster or a beginner voice actor they've got their mic in front of them yep what's best practice the first thing i will say is don't talk directly into the microphone um because the the mics that voice actors use are quite sensitive mm-hmm. for obvious reasons you want to be able to pick up whispers but also 
they need to manage loud stuff as well um, so they pick up everything so if you're talking directly into the microphone they're more likely going to pick up the p noises b noises lots of breath so you can probably see it on the camera here listeners you won't be able to see this but my microphone is angled slightly yep. away from my mouth so it still picks up all the volume but there's very little p like what's called a plosive noise where the air shoot straight into the microphone so that's best avoided um, and you can also avoid that by using a, a pop shield as well which sits in front of the microphone and just disperses the air or thins it out so that there's not as much power hitting the front there mm -hmm. um, hands sort of a hand span away from the microphone generally is a good is a good distance um, if you're doing something that's maybe a bit softer a bit more considered like uh, a piece of poetry or I don't know um, something for uh, a bed where you're talking as if you're talking to someone who's about to go to sleep you would come in really close to the microphone so that it picks up some chest sound um, and you sound nice and soft and lovely um, and yeah if you're shouting get far further away from the microphone yeah. but also to, yeah turn the game down so there's a there's a lot of things that are probably uh, quite obvious but hmm. yeah it's just practice yeah lots of different messing about with it and just and just seeing what works and it's something I've been enjoying as well, just trying to teach myself just mm. to go about this. Uh, so I hope that's helpful to somebody and, and, and fellow podcasters who are listening and starting voice actors mm. as well. Um, you also mentioned when you um, you talked about directions and the directions mm. you got. And sometimes you don't get the directions that you're hoping for. Mm. So what would be in your ideal world? What directions would you love from a client? Oh, there's lots of things I can say about about this topic. Um, there, are, there <laughs> so quite often you will get a direction that's that you just look at it and you you just can't. Your brain just doesn't can't work it out. So it'll be some, and this is an extreme version, but it'll say, "Can you sound happy but sad?" And that, and you'll think, "Happy but sad." Can you sound energetic but relaxed? And you think, and and you you know sometimes you get completely contrasting words in there um which yeah it was very very tricky to navigate sometimes and the other one that is also tricky is when they say can you do it exactly like this voice in this video and i think well why don't you ask that voice to do it for you rather than coming to me because i'm not that voice you know you can change your voice um somewhat but you can't i'm not an impressionist you know yeah. um so the ideal sort of uh direction would be uh, i guess a, a general sort of tone that they need so do they want it to sound um, bright do they need it to sound lively or do you need it just like someone who's just talking to you um but you don't want them to go into too much detail because the 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 problem there that might arise is that i focus so much on the detail that i don't play with it enough and yep. the point of being able to play with the words and the sentences is that you make it sound more human. You don't want to be so rigid. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think I think a couple of sentences describing their ideas for it, but but quite often, what they envisage is the perfect tone for it. Might not work with the music, you know. So quite often, I will say, "Well, can I hear the music first? And if they've said like be really energetic i had one a couple of weeks ago it's right they want it really lively really energetic and i heard the music and it was really calm and laid back so it just wouldn't work with it it would mm. sound just over the top um yeah there's lots of different ways people can give directions but i think brief is is the way forward yeah fair dues fair dues um and i'm totally just going to extract that bit now as part of our um promo stuff <laughs> it's gonna be gonna be absolutely epic you're just you're just selling my podcast for me now so um <laughs> I, I suspect i'll get an invoice very soon <laughs> um so i'm kind of curious now how long do these sort of jobs take are they sort of one and done things are they a long period of time what, what, what's it kind of like to be honest it, it it can vary so if i get a script that's like a short say a 30 second radio ad mm -hmm. i could be if it's a live session i might be in the box with the producer on the line for 10 15 minutes just making sure they've got enough takes to you know so that they're happy and the client can pick and choose little bits mm -hmm. so you're not doing the same read five or six times you will vary it so they can pick the best bits from you know and chop it up if they need to and that sort of thing um so that could be you know quarter of an hour and it's done if i'm yeah. 
editing that myself. So if no one's on the line, if I'm doing it and producing for someone, I'll probably spend a bit longer. You know, I might be in there for half an hour, um, just until I'm happy with it. I want, you know, I'm not, a, I, I'm not a perfectionist, but I want to make sure it's the best that I can do to, mm -hmm. to, to please the client. But when it's a longer job, oh, it's tricky. See, I do one that's about thirty minutes worth of reading. Mm -hmm. If you don't make any mistakes, if you yeah. don't have any drinks, if you don't go to toilet, you know, th that's one of the, the, I don't want to say a downside, but one of the things about voiceover art is you're constantly drinking water. So you yeah. probably go to the toilet twice as many times as everyone else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if it's a, a half hour script, I might be in the box for an hour when, you know, I, I make a few mistakes, go back, record them, have drinks, have a couple of minutes break here and there. So I'll be recording for an hour. And then the editing for that would be, I always give myself double the amount of time, so half an hour of well, voice is an hour of editing. Mm -hmm. um, so it really depends on length of job, how many takes the client might want. Um, and that, and actually that's one of the, the good things about voiceover is every job is different, Yeah, you know, no matter what it is. Yeah, so I imagine you've had sort of those jobs that have been, you've had those really short jobs, and I imagine you've had the really weird ones, and you've had your favorite so what's your favorite job that you've done i had to think about this before before we came on and it's, it's quite difficult because with voiceover work and well i don't know if it's the same for everyone but certainly with me i, I tend to just forget what the jobs are day to day because yeah. you don't you don't memorize the script you just read yeah. it as you're going and and then that's it move on to the next one but i think the like the high point or certainly the first high point I got to was when I had a, a TV ad for Lego. It was yes. more like a promo. And um, and mainly because my son loves Lego and I could say to my, my family, I'm on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a lot of kids' dreams. But I say, look, Bob, I'm on the telly. Um, but yeah, it was a, a promo for Lego that was for, actually it was Lego Technic for some new cars that they had coming out. And the, the real versions of those cars were racing in the 24-hour Le Mans. Yeah. Um, and it was promo. The promo was in between all the adverts of the 24-hour Le Mans, and uh, yeah, that was. So I think that's probably my favourite one. And that was a six-second script. <laughs> six seconds. Wow, six seconds. Yeah, very short job. Um, yeah. I think it was um, Lego Technic sponsors the 24-hour Le Mans. Yes, yeah, so I think it's under 10 words. That wasn't the way I did it, by the way. I was just trying to. Yeah, yeah, I was just <laughs> that, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Just, 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 just for potential clients, Martin doesn't mumble his scripts <laughs> unless you ask him to. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've talked a bit about your processes there of being a voiceover artist and sort of like how you help the clients and how the clients can help you. But mm. I imagine there are definitely benefits to using a voiceover client over sort of recording things yourself. Yeah. So. I think the first the first thing that I always mention, and I, I I always give the example of if you're creating something, um, for for promoting yourself, like marketing a marketing video for yourself, and you think, oh, I'll I'll do the talking because it's me, I'm the company, you know, I run that company, so it makes sense. And yeah. you know, in in some instances, it does make sense, but it would be better if you were sat down being on an interview as opposed to do it trying to do a voiceover. And that's you know, I'm not trying to offend anyone there by saying. You're not a trained voiceover, but yeah. you want people to be engaged in the video. Um, but the, the first thing is, I would say, the quality of the actual audio itself. So forget the voice at all. But when people think, I'll, I'll do my own voiceover for that, the, the issue is that they're probably recording in a room that's not treated. Yeah. Um, they might not even have a very good microphone. Um, they will have lots of background noise from computers, maybe the fridge in the room next to them, anything like that, cars going past. And it, it's it's an interesting thing that people seem to be a lot more forgiving of badly filmed footage than they are of badly recorded audio. Mm -hmm. And it, it's sometimes on a subconscious level, so they might not realise why, when they're watching something, they might not realise why they're not enjoying it, but it's probably the audio. They might watch it and think, oh, that's something not quite, you know, something feels not quite right. And quite often it's because the audio is bad quality. Yeah. Um, 
yeah so there's that before that was even before talking about the voice is, is the quality of the audio you know you'll get a, a pristine broadcast quality piece of audio recorded in a, a quite often a soundproof environment so there will never be any other noise other than the voice mm -hmm. um a couple of things that will, will help the actual brand itself will be um, let's take a a local radio for example lots of ads on there are just recorded by the djs or the staff that work in there if you get a voiceover artist to do your local radio ad for you that will stand out because it will sound so much better than ones recorded you know not by people who have and um, that's on a very sort of base level and of course there are some djs out there who do very good voiceovers um let's not I, i'm not here to offend <laughs> just get that <laughs> no, straight no, go, offend give us some controversy get my twitter <laughs> followers up let's start like a twitter storm did, because of this <laughs> did you hear this voiceover he, he's awful <laughs> he's horrible <laughs> i mean all publicity is good publicity right yeah exactly so they say um but but also the the a voice if you start to work with a voiceover artist and use them for lots of different things or even just a few things it can start to give your company a, like an, an a human identity as opposed to like a graphical representation of you know a logo and branding colors that sort of thing mm -hmm. it can start to really connect more with people because they can hear a voice of the company and i think the example i like i like to give um, for me it's the most obvious one is and the guy who does the McDonald's adverts, he's very down to earth, very relatable sounding. And to me, that's that's made McDonald's less than this huge corporation that no one knows anything about. It's got an identity now. It's a, a, just a normal guy talking mm -hmm. about McDonald's. Um, but I'll, the other thing about that actually, shut me up at, at any point if you no, need no, to. Go, <laughs> please, please keep, <laughs> the, keep going. The other thing is sometimes about if you do have a, a voice that becomes really recognizable, like the McDonald's one, I phoned up, I think it was Wix I phoned up a few months ago and there was a, an automated message was the first thing I heard, which is fine, but it was the McDonald's guy. It was his voice on there and I thought, hang on. That, and, and it was that thing I said about perhaps not realising what, what was wrong with a, with a piece of audio. There's nothing wrong with the audio. But my, my brain was saying, oh, what's happening here? That's the McDonald's guy on the Wix, on the Wix phone line. This, this isn't right. And so, yeah, you have to be careful sometimes um, with getting your message across and you know i guess not um confusing it with anyone else's and i think a couple of things i want to pick up on there as well you mentioned we're talking um sort of how a voiceover artist can pick up on exactly the message a company wants to put across am i right mm. in thinking that and exactly what is needed to sell either that product or that service yeah i was going to say so comparing it to um if someone in-house wants to record their own voiceover it runs the risk of sounding like they're reading off of a page yeah. because they will be reading off of a page you know that's the very essence of voiceover you're reading reading words on that are written on a page um and, and the risk of someone in-house doing it of course is that they just sound like very robotic no emotion because they're concentrating on reading the words and that's what they're doing whereas a voiceover artist yes they are reading but the way that they read it doesn't sound like they're just reading off of a page and that's that's one of the skills that you have to learn uh right at the beginning is how how to not sound like it's being read mm -hmm. um, and one of the tricks there is to try and read ahead uh with your eyes so you're you're further I always muddle this up but your your eyes are further along the line than your mouth is mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah and wh what that does is it prepares your brain for the upcoming words so you know how they should be spoken so you're you, they're in your head already before they get come out of your mouth whereas if you're if you if you don't know that trick or haven't practiced it then you're literally looking at they the the single individual words as you read them and it can sound a bit like this yeah um yeah, I f sorry, I forgot what the question was. I, no I worries. Um, I, so have I. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Oh, okay. what, what did I talk about? Um, yeah, no, because um, you mentioned training your brain, and this is the first time my, my degree is actually going to be useful because oh, there are, in neuroscience, there are two parts of our brain. One is responsible for reading, one is responsible for speaking, and they're on totally separate ends of oh, the brain. That's interesting. Uh, the Winnicus area and the Bronchus area. Like, I think Bronca is sort of towards the front and Winnicott is sort of towards the back. 
Mm. I can't remember which one does which. So you how much attention I paid in my lectures. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, something else that's also really interesting about, and I keep hearing this phrase, and I don't quite understand what it means, so hopefully you can shed some light on it. And you mentioned it too, is make sure you're in a treated room. Yeah. So a treated room would mean, uh, I, I think it's the technical term is maybe acoustically treated. Mm -hmm. So if you imagine you're standing in um, a room that's just four walls, maybe you've got a light in there so that we know what's happening in there. Yeah. Um, and, and you talk, if you're just say we're standing in the middle, the, the noise moves around the room. It just bounces off all the walls, the ceiling, the floor. You're just in a box basically in uh, what's called reflect. The sound reflects off of all the surfaces. And, the, and in the corners as well, it can gather and make it boomier and all that sort of stuff. So when you start to treat a room, what you're looking to do is minimize the amount of reflections that are happening so that you don't get the, uh, what some people call echo or reverb or, or reflections in the voice. Um, and you'll hear that in a lot of self-produced videos that people make because their room just is a room. You know, why, why would they need to treat it? They're not trying to, to record professional audio. Um, but you can do things like, um, you've probably seen the foam, the gray foam pads that you can stick to the walls and they're yep. rigid like that. So the sound sort of goes in and can't bounce out of those gaps. And if it does, it's all bouncing at angle. So it just ends up diffusing. Mm -hmm. um, or you can put lots of carpet on the floor rugs on sofas and that sort of thing anything that absorbs set lots of soft furnishings anything that will absorb those reflections you're looking to get rid of hard flat surfaces yeah um yeah so treating a room or treating a a, a space is just looking to either re um, stop the reflections and also reduce sound ingress like coming from windows and doors and yeah you don't want sound to sound to come in yeah. basically as well I'm just hoping my dog doesn't find someone outside to bark at. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that foam stuff you mentioned, is that what you've got behind you? Uh, the black stuff? No, this actually is a, a what's called, I normally have it folded out properly. That's just half, what well, you can see there is half of it. Um, it's a, an acoustic blanket, it's called. It's the, they do acoustic curtains as well, and they're pretty much the same thing. And it's a really thick piece of, like... Uh, what would you call it well i guess material but it weighs five kilograms for, for a curtain that's or a blanket that's quite heavy yeah and it does the same thing it just I, the reason i've got it behind me is when i'm editing my speakers used to hit the plain wall behind me and just come straight back and it would sound really strange you'd be hearing like this yeah i can't really describe it it was just a very odd noise so i've got the acoustic blankets behind me and it just stops that bounce the the, the audio hitting the wall just stops dead there now um uh, yeah which means I can edit in, uh, I was going to say edit in peace, but that doesn't make sense because I'm obviously listening to stuff. But yeah, yeah editing, editing without reflection. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good. They're, I was going to advertise them, but maybe I shouldn't. Are we allowed to advertise? Uh, we can advertise a little bit. I can, um, I mean, I, I was going to ask, is there any products you'd recommend on like sort of either a budget or if you wanted to spend a bit of money? Well, yeah, the, the acoustic blankets are really good for, and actually people build vocal booths out of these they put them on poles and just get inside them um and they're yeah vocal booth to go is the is the website and the mm -hmm. i think they're about 60 quid each they're six foot wide six foot tall i think and maybe even taller than that and yeah and five kilograms a piece they, re they really do do a good job um in terms of a microphone on a on a budget that is quite an entry-level microphone um but is used by lots and lots and lots of professionals it's a rode nt1a and I think it's about 120 quid. And it's this what I'm using here for, I've got a different one for recording, but I use this one for meetings. And mm -hmm. they're so robust and such good quality for, for the price. Yeah. You know, you can you can buy a microphone for 10 grand, and but for 120 quid, you can't really complain. That's one of the things as well, getting getting a, a decent mic. I went for a Zoom H2, really old model, mm. but it's like I used to use these when I was in journalism club way back mm. when when i was 16 years old and they still work to this day it was absolutely yeah. adore like this is 2008 this came out still going strong mm. um but yeah making that jump to getting a decent mic from my first two episodes that were recorded with the headset to this is just like the big the best investment that i made and i imagine mm. it's also a great investment that you made for yourself 
Yeah, exactly. The, I, I was actually really lucky because when I used to record demos for the band, I had this microphone. So the microphone that I'm using now, I think I probably had about 15 years. Yeah. And they still they still do this model, like you said. You know, a lot of microphones just just last. Yeah. And you, for, you know, I've, that probably cost me ten pound a year that microphone, which is nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I did invest a bit more in a, a, a microphone for recording, just because of how my voice sounds. This these microphones, the the road is quite bright, so you can tend to hear a lot of tss noises. Um, the microphone I've got, there's less tss noises <laughs> when I'm talking like s's and things like that. So reading between the lines, is there like, I'm I'm probably barking up the wrong tree, but is there like different mics designed for like different kinds of voices? Yeah, and it's all a case of trying out the mics, really, um, which I understand is quite difficult because I don't think there's a, well, I, I, I'm yet to find a place where I can go and try lots of yeah. condenser microphones um, in a quiet environment just to see if I like one and then I'll buy it. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, lots of different different mics have different, um, what would you call it? I guess they, they pick up better on different qualities of the voice. So some will be better for deep voices, some will be better for higher voices or for female voices. Um, and like I said, yeah, the, the this Rode is a, is a really good microphone for, for singing as well, actually. Mm -hmm. But it does favor the, the high end so that when you if you do have a sibilant voice so when if you say lots of s's in your speaking um it does have a tendency to really enhance those s's which can get quite harsh to listen to yeah. um yeah and the, the the microphone i've got now a sennheiser uh, mark IV, isn't as harsh on those s's so yeah. i don't have to worry about anything in in processing now in, in in editing to do with that i just let it go and it's fine Thank you so much for telling me all about like the equipment and just letting mm. me be nosy into no, your fine. Amazon wish list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, earlier on, we talked about working with businesses. And I also know something that you really, really care about and that you're a great believer in is mm. networking and yes. building a network to help your connections start relationships with each other. Mm. So introduce us to that. Tell, tell us about your network. It really came about during the first lockdown I think I'd, I'd done a bit of networking when I started my business been to a, you know like a networking event where there was lots of business people there all talking about business um, and I've been to two or three of them and I thought I hate doing these this is this is horrible this is so far out of my comfort zone because at that point I was still in like the corporate sort of mindset where it was me against the world or mm. at, at the time the company against the world um, everyone fighting for the same job so and I'd never had to talk to clients because I was just a cog in the piece at this this company but when I when lock, the first lockdown came I saw lots of people talking about doing online networking on something called zoom and I thought well what's that that sounds strange <laughs> you know the rest is history um, but um, yeah and I thought well I, it's not gonna catch on COVID's not gonna last for long um, both of those were wrong of course because COVID's still around and and, and online networking is huge still. So I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. And when I first started going along to meetings, I felt really bad because everyone else in those meetings already had lots of connections and relationships with businesses. So I was going in saying, oh, can you connect me with any videographers that you know? And they would send me their videographers. Can I help, can I help you in any way? No, I can't because I don't know anyone yet. And because I was still relatively new to business and networking, I, I couldn't do anything for them. I just had to bide my time and that's the thing about networking is that it's a it's a slow burn you know yeah. and you just have to to build build and build um so over the next two years i did hundreds and hundreds of networking events online and got to a place where i i you know i've got a huge connection base i've got some very trusted people that i will you know if someone says to me do you know anyone who does wills yes i do i've got someone who i know is really good at it and I always push them towards her and the same for things like photography. Do you know a photographer? Yes, I do. I've got some people over here that can do it. Um, obviously, not everyone's always suited to to that type of photography, for example. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that that's that's for the, the end client to decide who, who's best for them visually. Um, getting off track. But, yeah, so I'd, I'd built up this, this nice connection base and some trusted partners. But I thought, personally... 
and I love all to, all types of networking. I've met great businesses across every discipline. But I thought I need to be networking with with more people directly with what related to what I do. Yeah. So I you know I would be going into events asking accountants, mortgage brokers, financial advisors, estate agents, and saying, "Oh, do you know any videographers?" And they might do, but quite often they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, so I needed to network with videographers to cut down on my networking time, be more efficient, speak to the people that I need to speak to faster. So I thought, right, why don't I have a look for a networking group that's got videographers in it or just lots of creative people making music, websites, graphic design, all that sort of thing. But I, for the life of me, I could not find one. I searched for so long. And it got to the point where I started asking some videographers that I'd, you know, I'd worked with, saying, do you know of anything like that? No, no, no. And the last person to respond to me said no so let's start one and i thought well there you go so we started up a, a networking group called the creative collective um and the the whole idea behind it and because i've seen it happen in other networking groups is to support to give people advice if they need it and just really build build those relationships with people and then the business will happen afterwards. The, yeah. the, biz, the business to us hasn't been forgotten about, but it's not the focus. You know, we understand that you need to know someone and like someone and get on with someone well before you should even consider doing business with them. They might pay you lots of money, but if they're horrible, you don't want to work with them. It'll be, it'll be bad. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and and as a, a byproduct of the of the creative collective, I've really made an effort this year to to put people together that I think will work well together so starting relationships off with people and I think that's really important because I, I want people that I know are good at what they do to do more good stuff and if I can put them with someone else who does good stuff you know win-win for everybody and the feeling of putting people together to do stuff is so rewarding it's sometimes even more rewarding than doing a good piece of work for myself mm -hmm. um i just like seeing or people coming back and saying oh thanks so much for putting me in touch with blah 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 we did this together and it was great it, yeah it's so um i hope there's some useful information in there i felt like i was talking for hours no no please <laughs> please talk for hours because that gives me more to work with and i hardly ever cut down the episodes anyway like mm. i might cut out the odd um or ah uh, or like whenever i embarrass myself <laughs> but I don't want to cut down a huge amount. Um, but you hit on something really, really important there, and I totally agree with you. Agree with you. Relationships in business are one of the most important things, mm. and every single bit of sensible business advice that I have received and consumed, including my obsession with a diary of a CEO, Steve, please invite me on, please. Uh, <laughs> is that those relationships can help make a business? Those connections can really help you find those new clients reach out to the people who are, are going to work with you and are going to work with your mission yeah absolutely i've i've met people on networking two years ago that i've chatted to you know weekly or at least fortnightly for those couple of years and you know we're friends now but yeah. friends friends who sometimes when the opportunity arises actually do jobs together as well um there's one example of um her name is is Alex and she runs or she's a videographer and she runs uh, Vavavoom videos great name um, and yeah so we knew each other for for quite a while before we did any work together then I did a voiceover for for a job for her then I got her to make a video for me when I needed it um, and then uh, bizarrely I, I've been a, a photography assistant on her video shoots on occasion as well and and it's nice to know that there's people around you not just me you know not just using that example that you can call on and rely on at the drop of a hat to do yeah. stuff and, and that you trust you know you don't want and this is this highlights it i think is one of the best things that i've found from doing lots of networking is i don't have to use google to find a service anymore i know these people and i know that they're good already i don't have to rely on some reviews online that may or may not be genuine yeah and it's like sort of as well like if i'm even even not talking about business if i'm looking for someone to do work around the house for whatever reason i'm more likely to ask my friends and my family oh who do you know that's good for that yes 
um, as opposed to relying on those Google um, reviews, which, yeah, they can be. Yeah. Talking of reviews, please don't forget to rate this show on Good Pods because uh, we're in the top 100 of the indie documentary charts and we are precariously close to the 90s and i i want to be higher i want to be higher it's so scary being that low it's coming it's coming tom it'll be you'll you'll get there I, I think in, in fact top 10 aim high yeah let's do it let's do it let's do it top 10 um so remind us the name of the group it is the creative collective the creative collective networking.co.uk the creative collective networking.co.uk and of course, we can also find you elsewhere online. You've got your own website for your voiceover work, I believe. Yes, it's just my name, which is martinwiskin.co.uk, and that's W H I S K I N. Epic. I nearly, at the intro, I nearly mispronounced your name. Like, <laughs> what was I you might re record my intro slightly just so it doesn't sound like I, I went Martin Wiskin. <laughs> oh, so, as long as it, it wasn't Martin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had the council tax bill came through once and the council tax got very confused because uh, I live in my other half. Um, we have for about five or six years now. Mm. And uh, it was addressed to Thomasina. I'm oh. like, who's that? <laughs> That's not me. That's not like, even close, is it? <laughs> Oh my goodness! So, every every episode ends with mm. our questionnaire. Um, they come okay. from the Prost questionnaire, which were then adapted by Bernard Pivot and later by James Lipton for Inside the Actors Studio. And now I present my voiceover adaptation to you. Okay. What is your favourite word? Home. What is your least favourite word? Oh, I, I had this the other day in a script and it was vulnerable because it, it was in the script probably 50 times um, and I just, yeah, my mouth was just not working properly that day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's that fee sound at the start, isn't it, as well? It's sort of like like yeah. I, I have some speech problems and yeah, I, I can't do that word. What engages you? Music. What disengages you? Do you know, um, I probably shouldn't say this, <laughs> but I'm I'm going to say voiceover, and the and the only reason is because when I'm watching TV or listening to the radio now, when there's ads on, I can't just watch the advert or listen to the advert because of what I do. I'm pick I'm I'm thinking, oh, what's he doing there, or how are they doing that sentence? Would I have done it like that? So it it disengages me from the thing as a whole. Um, and actually it was the same when I was in bands if I played bass in a band I would listen to music but I would only be able to listen to the bass guitar mm -hmm. because I would be thinking oh could I do that would I would I do it like that and I I find it it's almost like a it's a it's an uh, what's the word um an affliction in a way I can't appreciate things for the whole piece anymore because mm -hmm. I'm dissecting them <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad skill to have to analyze something to be able to see what are the component parts of that performance. Let's go with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair dues. Um, what sound or noise do you love? Oh. Wow, that's a really good question. What sound or not? Like individual sound, do you mean? Yeah, anything that, any sound or any noise that you're just like, I love this. Okay, there, yeah, so sometimes early in the morning I will go in the garden with my hot drink um, and just sit there and just listen. And it's before the world is really waking up much, but you can just hear in the distance maybe, and because it's so quiet, a train two miles away because it's travelling through the air, yeah. and the birds and just the general sound of atmosphere, you know, slight breeze, all that sort of thing. And I really enjoy that because it's kind of, it's a moment to yourself and mm -hmm. you can just really appreciate what's around you. You know, my, my life is filled with noise and digital noise a lot of the time. Um, so to be able to appreciate, I don't want to say real things, but you know, the world, mm -hmm. the outside world, there we go, because I'm inside most of the time because of what I do. But yeah, the outside world sounds of the morning, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there is something almost mindful about it, I think. Almost, uh, yeah, it's like you said, before the world wakes up. Um, but for me, as an insomniac, it's also the sound of, I should have gone to bed. Oh. <laughs> yes, 
Yes. <laughs> All right. The complete opposite question. Mm. What sound or noise do you hate? Hmm. Let's think. I don't. That's difficult because I, 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 and I don't know if it's because of what I do, but I'm, like I said, my my life is filled with noise. If I'm not standing in the box talking, I'm at the desk listening to me talking, editing, mm -hmm. and as soon as that's off, I either have music on or the radio. I have to have noise all the time, and when I'm come out of my office or studio at the end of the day, straight out, two kids, noise, telly, noise. Mm -hmm. If I'm cooking the dinner, I'll put the radio on. So I don't know that there's a noise that I dislike. Maybe feedback, because it means bad quality recording, yeah. bad quality audio. But again, that's a, that's a really tough question. Yeah, that is not even my question. I just stole it. <laughs> so that's brain what, burn or TiVo? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what art is, though? Isn't it just stealing stuff and adapting it, it? It is, though, isn't it? It's like every, like even Tolkien stole Tolkien and C.S. Lewis stole from the Bible. Uh, Brandon Sanderson and Joe Abercrombie stole from Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. The future writers are going to steal from Sanderson and and and, and Joe Abercrombie. So yeah, we're all just going to steal. Um, <laughs> steal I think steal might be a a hard word for it borrow, harsh word. borrow yeah. with respect <laughs> because I always think if you'd never heard music before but you were a really good guitarist I don't know how that would work but would you be able to form a song mm -hmm. you know mu musicians obviously have lots of different influences and they're not stealing well some steal music obviously we've seen that but most of them don't steal the music they're just using patterns or sounds that they've heard in other songs um as influences so it's more like yeah taking inspiration and and absorbing what they they see and hear mm -hmm. did yeah. i get us out of that one yep you got us out of that one <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to be sued um i hope um yes we we haven't stolen anything for the lawyers there we go um question seven everyone's favorite uh question what is your favourite curse word? <laughs> that is a good question. Oh, wow! Let me have a quick think. Let me scroll through them in my head. Mm. <laughs> I th am I allowed to say it? Will you bleep it? No, I, don't bleep it. Don't bleep okay. them. I I think just there's probably two. The first one would be shit, and I think it's just because. It's probably the most used one in my repertoire of curse mm -hmm. words. Although I try to to you know keep them tamed now that I've got kids. Yeah. Um, not always possible. Um, so that would be the most used one, I think. But my favourite one. Ah. Oh. oh, I don't because mm, there's some really bad ones, isn't it? I think probably the F word. I can't bring myself to say it. Um, shall I say it? Go on. Fuck. I Yes. <laughs> I, I think I think just because, and also it probably I, I used to uh, listen to Billy Connolly a lot when I was growing up, and he had this whole piece about the F word, yeah, and how you know how powerful and and, and good it is. Um, so I've got a lot of connotations with comedy because of that word and things as well. Um, but it's just so adaptable. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and 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 I think also it's lost. It's lost its harshness over the years because it's become it's probably been on tv and films more than it ever was and it's just part of part of everyday life for a lot of people and lots of there's less people offended by that sort yeah. of thing now i think yeah and i think also so many great things have started with just somebody saying ah fuck it i'm going to do the thing <laughs> yeah epic yep i love it, that yeah, it can be used positively and negatively can't it yeah i i fucking hate that or oh, i fucking love that yeah yeah i love positive swear words this is the best <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt oh. i actually had a thought about this the other day 
and I think it would probably be linked to music because I spent so many years doing or like you said in the intro attempting to be uh, a successful musician and ultimately failing it would be something like helping young people to form relationships and commute not communities but like um I don't mean when I say the word groups I don't mean like a band a musical group I mean like groups of people but using music to do that so playing music together so you would go into somewhere I guess as a practitioner and get a classroom of kids to write a song together or something like that it's a very loose idea at the minute but I, I would love to do something to bring people together with music that sounds amazing and I totally hope you do that why didn't I think of that before voiceover? <laughs> you do both. Love is something you're doing both. Yeah, just overwork yourself. I mean, that's, 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 just, that's the key to success, according to some people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never sleep. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Well, I'm going to say database management mm -hmm. because it would mean that I have failed uh, to become a voiceover artist. So if I'm ever doing database management again, <laughs> which you know I, I'm I'm not going to let that happen. I'm, mm. I'm you know I'm too far. I'm three years down the line, four, three or four years down the line now. So it's it's not going to happen. But it it would mean that I wake up from this cool dream. Yeah, yeah. And final question: If you could say only one statement to any one person, what would that statement be, and who would that statement be? Hmm. So what would it be and who would I say it to? Yeah. Oh. I would say it to a son. My oh, I've got two sons. I feel bad for leaving one out. But one can't talk yet. Pick your so. favourite. Pick your favourite. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick the oldest because, yeah, the other one wouldn't have a clue what I was going on about. And, and this one, to be fair, is only five, so he might not either. But I, will, I would probably say, um, try things. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, you, you might just look back in years to come. You know, And that's why I'm so glad that when the opportunity to do something different after that employed life came along, I'm so glad that I didn't just rush back. Yeah. Something told me to try something else. And now here we are you know doing voiceover running a networking group yeah meeting doing podcasts with lots of amazing people um and yeah i i just don't want um him to regret not not doing stuff even if it means him living out of a van you know being a more successful musician than i was yeah um i will fully endorse that even if he's sponging off of mum and dad for a while yeah. because i want him to experience things that other people might not have the chance to mm-hmm I can't think of a better note to end this series on uh, than that. Yeah, do try things. And why can't all parents be like you? Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> so uh, remind us again of your websites um, that you got for the networking group and your own voice acting stuff. Yeah, so the Creative Collective Networking Group, which is a, a networking group for people working in creative roles, um, anything from photography, web design to jewellery making or crocheted toilet roll holders, um, it's the creative collective networking.co.uk and there's a link there to book on to uh, the events which are all online and my voiceover website is www.martinwiskin.co.uk right, make sure you check martin out and also don't forget to check out our own social media we are on tiktok uh, where i still pretend that i'm in my 20s which i still am for like a few more months uh, at meets interesting people we're on instagram at tom meets interesting people uh, Twitter at Tom Meets People and don't forget to also check out this show on Good Pods and leave us a review. You can leave us a one star review if you want but I think you'd feel better leaving us a five star review. I think we prefer that wouldn't we? Uh, Martin thank you so so much for taking the time to be with me today. I really 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 appreciate it. No worries at all. Thank Yeah thank you for having me. It's um, always like well I talk for a living so talking more is fine by me. There we go. There we go. Thank you so much. And we are out of here. You have just listened to an episode of Tom Meets Interesting People. 
If you'd enjoyed the show and would like to take part, or you know somebody who would make a great guest, please email me at tommeetsinterestingpeople at gmail.com and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Guests may provide audio content that helps to demonstrate their work. Guests have given permission for this work to be played through the use of a release form that they have signed. It is the understanding of this podcast that the material that they provide does not infringe on the copyright of others. All other rights reserved. Copyright 2022.